This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, canine cancer breakthrough and celebrating 35 years of helping people and pets in crisis. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I am here with Monica Layton, President of Professional Pets, sitting with our Pet of the Week. Now, Monica, there is something that is very advanced and something that I have had a number of pets who have had this disease. So to know that there's a vaccine out there does my heart good. There's a new vaccine out that is for cancer for canines. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So Ardent Health has been working on a study for the last five, well, just about five or a little over years, clinical studies for a formulation to make canine cancer vaccines. So how this works is, okay, so what they've done is your solid retractable cancer tumors. So you have a pet, say, and it has... um a melanoma, a lymphoma, mast cells, uh, hemangiosarcomas, osteosarcomas, uh, mammary tumors, soft cell sarcomas, lots of different types of masses. 
when the nap is removed um, via surgery, the veterinarian can then send that mass out to Ardent for a pathology and a cancer vaccine formulation. So when they, when they send it out for pathology and the exact mass origin is like the type of mass it is, is found. If it's one of the masses that I listed, then they will formulate a vaccine specifically for that pet's mass that can be then sent back to the veterinarian for the veterinarian to give the vaccine to your pet. How new is this? It's very new. The single, the single site, when they do the surgery, the veterinarian sends in, it has to be at least a five gram sample, which is like the size of like a thumbnail. And that goes out to the lab. The lab will then, you know, run the pathology, they'll formulate the sample, and then they send back the vaccine to the clinic. So it's, it's a three-step process. And when they do this, like the vaccine has to be put in like on a diagonal at four locations in the body. So when the pet starts getting the vaccine, um, it's done in four different spots and it's just, just like a little, like a regular vaccine. It's not a lot of painful issues, things like that. The one thing that they do have as a listed side effect can be like a little itchiness at the injection site, but it's limiting and that can be, you can get um, medications to help with that if it becomes too bad. But um, they get four shots. So it's pretty much like collarbone type area. You know what I mean? Like between the shoulder blades on both sides. And then on the back end, like the lower like hip area, like in between the hip and the stomach area where the bodies kind of curve in on our pets um, on each side of the body there. So they get the vaccine and it's done in increments. And at the end, they've seen that the pet's expected longevity. So when you do a biopsy on a mass, a lot of times they'll grade that biopsy. And depending on the type of mass, that grade can kind of give you a estimated life expectancy. So for example, one of their case studies was um, this cute little Yorkie named Ella. And Ella was 10 years old and they had removed a mass from her and it ended up being an amangiosarcoma. Now, this was the date she started treatment was March 26, 2015. And that was during the study. And when that study was published and went into the formulation of getting approval for product, the median survival for her was two months. She went through the vaccine treatment and as of March in 2017, when they had published that study, Ella was was still with us. She was still wow. a, a happy dog. Wow. Those pet parents. I mean, if you're given a two-month thing that maybe they'll live two months, that's horrible. To know that this can help, I, I would imagine it also helps with the quality of life. So, again, it is very new. Um, the vaccine itself, I mean, it... it it's not a low-cost vaccine. I mean, depending on what your veterinarian's going to charge, I mean, estimatingly, you know, just for the veterinarian to send that sample in and just to get the kit for us in our office, it is quite a bit of money. 
Um, so you're, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars if you go through that treatment. But if that is something the pet owner can afford, it can, it is a very good option to look to increase the life expectancy for the pet. And not every pet is going to be a good candidate. It just depends on what happens during the biopsy and the pathology of that, that sample. But sending that sample into Ardent and having them let you see what it is and what they're estimating and whether vaccine would be warranted, that is not as much. I, I know that you guys are very geared forward. I know Dr. Reinhardt, is, he's constantly researching things. And is this something that all vets are aware of? Like if I went to someone or one of the listeners went to someone and one of our vets and said that, you know, we'd like to talk to you about the canine cancer vaccine. Is this something that they don't know about? Because you guys are kind of cutting edge. Right. Um, honestly, it depends on the veterinarian. I can tell you that you have your board certified specialty veterinarians. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely something that all of our oncologists, you know, specialists should know about. Um, so if you have a mass that was referred to an oncologist about, um, they would, they should definitely know about this. Um, there's a lot of studies, a lot of things published. There's a lot of informational talks being given right now about, um, the process and the vaccine for veterinarians. Um, it just simply honestly depends on how much time that veterinarian is spending on continuing education at this mm-hmm. point in time. Is there like a website or something that exp- Cause I think this is like been through it with me. I mean, I've known you for so many years with all of my pets that have had cancer I'm, for any of my dogs that would qualify if, if this should happen. Is Absolutely. there a place to go to kind of read about it? Yeah. So if you go right to Arden's website and it's ardentanimalhealth.com. So it's A-R-D-E-N-T animalhealth.com. Right when you, you know, go on to their website, it's got information about the canine ACV cancer vaccine. They have videos on there explaining, you know, the technology. They have case studies. Um, there's a lot of information on there that tells you how the vaccine is prepared, how it ships. For example, like once the veterinarian sends the mass out, it ships to the team. Once the process, um, and the tumor sample have been abstracted. The cells are used to prepare three-dose vaccine. It's over three steps. And then the vaccine shipped back overnight to your veterinarian, and it's distributed every 30 days. So it's literally like an every 30-day, three-dose vaccine. Um, it talks about side effects. It talks about administration. There's a lot of information. So even if you're a veterinarian, was not aware of it or, you know, maybe they've heard about it, but they didn't have a lot of information on it. Um, just by giving them the website information or giving them who it's made by, um, they should be able to look that up and immediately get a lot of information. Monica, can you just give out the website one more time for the listeners that maybe you're just, they're going to go write it down now? Absolutely. So it's our dent animal health and it's www.ar. D-E-N-T, animalhealth.com. 
Monica, this is great, like cutting edge information. So I thank you so much. And for those of you out there who want to talk to your vets about it, the, the website Monica gave us, ardentanimalhealth.com, that's something we could all start and familiarize ourselves. Monica, I thank you for this. This is very cutting edge, very great, very important. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And hopefully we can uh, give a lot of a lot of our canine friends a uh, a longer life struggling with this disease. Yes. Very, very appreciated. So thank you so much. You have a great week and we'll be back in just a minute. Hello everyone. Susan Marie and Miss Olive here to tell you about the award-winning three book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers. And please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, 35 years of helping people and pets in crisis. Stay tuned. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Red Rover is a national animal welfare nonprofit based in Sacramento, California, and since 1987, Red Rover has focused on bringing animals out of crisis and strengthening the human-animal bond through emergency sheltering, disaster relief services, financial assistance, and education. Since 2007, Red Rover has awarded more than $3 million in safe escape and safe housing grants to help domestic violence survivors and their pets escape abuse together. And with us today to tell us more about Red Rover and how they are creating a more compassionate world is President and CEO Nicole Forsyth. Hey, Nicole, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. Oh, it's our pleasure. And for those of our first-time listeners who may not be familiar with Red Rover, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, often people call us the American Red Cross for pets. So, you know, we're really there when people and, and pets are in crisis together. So it could be a natural disaster, you know, where people won't evacuate if they can't bring their pets with them or a case of domestic violence where they won't leave their abuser if they can't bring their pets with them. So, you know, at Red Rover, we really believe that people and pets are better together. And so we work, you know, across human health and animal welfare um, causes to really make sure people can stay together and heal together. 
And that's so important. And you guys do a lot out there. And I think a, a lot of times it goes unnoticed or it's kind of under the radar. And I feel it's really important to, to bring you on so that people could just know how important you are to our communities. Yeah, you know, you. you guys recently announced that you're being awarded a $91,000 grant from Ad Talum uh, Global Education Foundation to help fund domestic violence awareness efforts within the veterinary community. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we're really excited. You know, one of the areas where there's just a big need is um, in veterinary professions, you know, the especially, you know, in an actual practice where people are bringing their pets in there. A lot of, um, you know, domestic violence victims can walk into that practice and a, a veterinarian may be the only person to kind of pick up on signs that, that something is happening. You know, we know that pets are used in the cycles of power and control within domestic violence. And so even if the pets aren't physically being harmed, um, they might be being, you know, used as a manipulative tool to control the domestic violence, um, the, the, the victim or the survivor, depending on how you want to call that. And uh, so, you know, whether, again, whether it's a physical abusive kind of situation or an emotionally abusive situation, pets, if they're in the household, are often part of that. And um, unfortunately, the closer your bond with a pet, the more likely it's going to be used against you, which is something that just horrifies me and uh, is, is part of the fuel for my passion for this particular area and really making sure that survivors have access to resources and information so they know they can leave their abuser and bring their pets with them. And so because veterinarians um, and veterinary staff are in a position to help, we want to make sure they have the training and the resources uh, to know what to do if this come, you know, if this situation happens at their practice. And so that's what we're doing. We're going to be able to conduct more outreach, work with the Ross University School of Veterinary Medicine to create a kind of pilot um, training program, and then we'll test it with our alumni and then hopefully launch it to the, the greater veterinary community. You know, it's so important. I don't even think people align veterinarians with that. And I saw on the news, and I'm, I can't remember when it was, that there was a young woman and her dog with her, I believe it was her fiancé, and they were in an abusive situation. She got the message to the vet tech, and actually that it helped to save her and her dog. So, I mean, it's something that you don't yeah. think of. And I saw that and it really triggered something like, oh my gosh, like I don't think that. And we've talked about different things in the past, such as, you know, your hairstylist, your nail person, people that you're with all the time that you, that they could observe signs. And I know that some of them are even trained to observe this. So I think mm -hmm. that this is wonderful what you're doing. And I think it's so needed and, if you have a pet, you'll be going to your veterinarian. So I think it's very uh, applicable. Definitely. And, um, you know, what, what we've been hearing from veterinarians is, you know, they want to be able to help. There's a big movement in veterinary medicine for one, one welfare or one health. And so they know that, you know, in order to improve the health of animals, you often have to be improving the health of the people or mm -hmm. the well-being of the people at the same time. They're just completely linked. And so um, to support that movement, we're really trying to give um, veterinarians some real practical tips and tools for how they can actually put that concept into practice. 
That's so important. And I also heard that you reached a significant milestone in your Safe Housing Grant Program. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So we started this program in 2012, and this is the program where we actually help domestic violence shelters become pet-friendly. So, of course, if they're going to leave their abuser and their pets with them, they have to have a place to bring them. (laughs) And one of the best ways to to do that is to make the domestic violence shelters pet-friendly. Unfortunately, only about 15% of them currently are pet-friendly, so we're really working hard to change that. And since 2012, we've given out um, over $2 million in grant funding. So super exciting about that. Super excited about that. Congratulations. That's amazing. What plans do you have for your Purple Leech Project, your partnership with Purina this year? We are um, setting the goal that by the year 2025, 25% of domestic violence shelters will be pet friendly. So it's a it's a big leap. Um, it, it requires um, a lot more funding. And so in order to do that, um, we are in our fourth year with Purina for our Purple Leash Project, which has been building awareness um, amongst uh, just the general public and, you know, people who are walking into pet stores and seeing Purina products because there's information right on the Purina um, brands, their food brands and their other um, product, pet product brands. And, um, but in addition to raising awareness amongst the general public about this issue, we're also going to be directly working towards um, domestic violence shelter awareness and getting um, people who work at domestic violence shelters to attend our workshops, which are called Don't Forget the Pet. And these workshops do everything to help support um, what they need to make their shelter pet friendly. So we really have a um, very comprehensive technical assistance program that allows um, us to really handhold them through this process so that they don't have to do it on their own because we know, you know, domestic violence shelters are already really stretched for resources and it's hard to start a new program. So we are there to help and lots of stuff happening um, to support this goal. In May, it's National Pet Month. So six of the Purina brands will be on board and really um, sharing, you know, information about domestic violence and pets. Um, in May, Amazon Smile is going to help promote this. Um, and we also have QR codes that are going to go directly on the Purina brand packages. So like Tidy Cats, um, Cat Litter, and um, Cat Chow, uh, Beneful Food, these are all going to be you know, QR codes right on the packaging so people can go directly to the Purple Leash um, Project donation page and learn more. And then in June and July, the congressional softball game and baseball game will be a huge um promotion there to make sure we're keeping legislators informed with what with what's happening. Um, we continue to support the Pause Act grant, which is a federal grant that helps domestic violence shelters become pet friendly. Um, they, the federal grant program provides a lot of money. So when a domestic violence shelter wants a, to do a really big project, we recommend they apply for the federal money. So we continue to work with legislators to make sure money gets appropriated for that act. And then in September, um, we're going to do a pet night on the hill, which will be really exciting to just, again, increase awareness on Capitol Hill about the the needs of um, pets and people together. Wow. That's all so important. And that's really great that that you're doing it that way, too. It's it's really getting it out there in all different venues. So that's really, that's really, really great. Now that COVID's like things are changed, it, it seems like you guys are getting back out on the road with your Red Rover responders teams. Can you tell us about any of your recent deployments? Yeah, so we, we have. We are 
totally back up full speed, <laughs> uh, ready to go. And uh, in January, we were in Oklahoma and we worked with Rescue Rebuild to renovate a domestic violence shelter so they could accept pets um, of survivors. And so, as I mentioned, we provide the grants for domestic violence shelters to do this. We also sometimes physically go out there and build it for them. <laughs> um, working with Rescue Rebuild, they have the construction expertise and our volunteers can help do things like install kennels, doggy doors, HVAC systems, create outdoor play yards, visitation rooms for the survivors and the pets. It's just really amazing to see these projects um, actually get created right under your hands. Um, I, I got to do it once, one of our projects, and it was really rewarding. Um, we also were in Texas, so we helped the Humane Society of the United States care for some dogs that were rescued from a property, um, a, a neglect case where the dogs were left outside um, with, you know, not um, without access to water. Their water bowls were frozen. Um, so we were there to rescue the dogs, give them some good TLC, um, and move them to a temporary shelter in uh, Maryland where they received veterinary exams and treatment and then went into um, foster placements so they could be adopted. And then um, we also, at that same time, a group of dogs came in that needed to be sheltered from South Korea. So our team shifted and worked on taking care of those animals. So really great, great situation there to, to be able to help. Um, and then right now, we're, or we just finished actually, um, also going to Georgia to do another domestic violence shelter renovation project. And uh, we will be in South Carolina soon to also help that community improve the lives of dogs um, by helping them uh, create some new safe and warm enclosures so they don't have to be on chain. So pretty excited about that. And last but not least, <laughs> we will be in Florida later this year on a trap, neuter, and um, release deployment process, a whole very elaborate program <laughs> to really make sure we are helping the community cat population in anticipation of natural disasters to make sure that those cats are not in harm's way when hurricanes start. Wow, that's amazing. And and I live in Florida. We're getting ready to go into hurricane season. So I know how important that that is. And I know a lot of people who are into like the feral cat, the the different care for cats. So this is like really important what you're doing. And you're doing it all over the country. There are a lot of people out there who are very passionate and want to put their passion towards something that is very relevant to the animal community. How would one become a Red Rover responder volunteer? It's really easy to do. So definitely encourage listeners to check it out. It's a free online training. It takes about two to three hours to complete the training. And then you also are required to take um, a FEMA class. So it's just it's basically the introductory uh, FEMA IS 100 class. And we provide information about how to do that. Um, have to be 18 years or older. And the website um, to get access to the online training is redrover.org backslash responders. I'm hoping that a lot of listeners are going to, especially where you have the training and everything. I think it's just like such a, a fulfilling uh, thing to do as, your, as a volunteer. And you guys do so much. You impact in so many ways. Yeah, we just, really do you need do. more volunteers and, too. And yeah, um, you know, and you're all over the country. Fine. So people like yeah. who are listening to us in all different parts of the country can like, and you do impact a lot of areas. I'm in Florida. There, You're in Texas. Uh, I know you're in California. There's things that are going on that I know we've talked about in the past about different parts of the country that you impact. So 
Listeners, if you want to be part of something that really does pay it forward, become a Red Rover Responder volunteer. I think it's going to be very fulfilling and, and you'll learn a lot becoming one. Oh, so that's really great too. Yeah. What's, what's amazing to me too is that you learn so much, especially if you're, even if you're not doing one of the ones that helps animals, uh, like getting hands on with animals the domestic violence shelter bills, you know, you learn so much about construction, <laughs> which it's kind of helpful. You know, if you ever have a home remodel plan or anything, it's like, Oh, I could do that myself. Isn't that um, amazing? So I, yeah. I really enjoy sort of learning some stuff. Um, I got to do a lot of painting, which I suppose I already knew how to do, but I think I got better at it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's also, um, really great because you can, there's different ones you can choose from where they're planned way ahead. So sometimes when there's a natural disaster, you know, we have to deploy people really quickly and they don't necessarily have um, enough advanced warning to be able yeah. to work around and be able to go and deploy. But some of the um, ones we do, like with the domestic violence shelter bill, we know about them way in advance. So people have more time to prepare and plan. So that works out well for some people. And, um, you know, also after all of this uh, COVID stuff where people have been a little bit more isolated mm-hmm. than, you know, maybe in the past, the volunteering is such a great way to get out there and be social with, you know, other people who love animals and want to volunteer. And so it's just a really nice way to um, reconnect with people again. And Nicole, that's so important because I think that as people have been home and doing things in their homes and wanting, as you say, wanting to get out, they've also had a time to kind of like reassess. Maybe they were doing something else in their life and reassess. I'd really like to do something with animals or I'd really like to do something that could impact domestic violence or anything And this is a great time. And again, it's an online training class. So it's not something that you're going to go and also um, the FEMA class. So I think that it's very readily available for people to learn, to do, and to help, whether it be in their community or if they're available for deployment, anything like that. I think that, that you guys are all over it. Now, is there anything you'd like to share about the kind news? That's so pleasant to talk. I love that. Yeah, so a part of our education program, um, we know we do Red Rover Readers, which goes into the schools and it trains um, teachers, you know, how to use books about people and animals interacting to really help kids understand the steps for empathy. Um, And we also have a magazine. So if teachers or educators or even parents or grandparents have kids that they think would really benefit from so, so how, you know, how we approach, um, learning about animals and practicing empathy. We have a magazine. So it's really easy to sponsor a magazine for someone in your family, someone in your life, or for a teacher who's on a waiting list. So we have several teachers who, um, unfortunately can't afford to bring the magazine to their classroom, but they would like to get it. And so people can just sponsor it. It's only $30 for the year to sponsor this. And for $30, every kid in the classroom gets the Kind News magazine, and they get to learn about um, animal behavior, uh, what animals need to be healthy, happy, and safe. They see inspiring stories of kids taking action to help animals. Um, They learn about issues impacting animals throughout the country. And there's also games and activities to just really make some of this stuff fun. Um, Ties in with academic standards, science vocabulary words. So it's just a really great tool. Um, and it's also available online at kindnews.org, completely in a digital format for free. So even if someone wow. wants to check it out, see what it's like, go to kindnews.org. You can um, download a free digital copy, 
And the digital copy is also totally interactive. So kids can circle things, fill in things, um, so they don't necessarily even need the printed version. But sometimes people really like the printed version, so it's up to uh, you know people to see which version they like the best. And you make it so readily available for everyone. And, and I have to tell you that working with children, I know how important it is that they learn about animals at a young age and they have that and it's instilled in them so they understand. And it actually helps teach them regular everyday interactions with people as well as with animals because it gives them a sense of responsibility and knowledge and knowledge helps to build confidence. So I think that what you're doing with the kind news is something that not only only parents, teachers, grandparents, they'll definitely benefit from sharing it with the kids. But I think that kids really love this type of reading material and they learn a lot. And it also helps to give them that confidence that they need. So I think that it's a wonderful program that you have there. Thank you. Yeah, we heard from one teacher that when they bring out the Kind News magazine, the kids cheer. So <laughs> I can I, see I that. This year, then I think you're doing something right. I right? think so. <laughs> and, and you know, this year is a big year for Red Rover. It's your 35th anniversary. Happy anniversary! Yes. Thank you. Is there anything special that that you have going on, or that that we could do that we could learn about? Yeah. Well, at a local level, we're having a celebration in Sacramento, California. So if anyone happens to be in the area. Uh, May 19th, that's going to be a fun um, outdoor party uh, to celebrate. But if you're not in the area, we also have a special 35th anniversary t-shirt and a mug, which is available for sale on our website. So um, super, super fun to just have that as a, as a way to celebrate. And then um, also throughout the year, if people want to learn more about us, we're doing a Zoom series. So pretty much anyone can just um, sign up to participate in the Zoom meeting, get to meet the staff, ask questions. Um, you can also watch the pre-recorded ones as well. And that, that information is on our workshop and events page on our website, redrover.org. That's great. And now before we go, if someone would like to donate, someone would like to become a volunteer or learn more about becoming a volunteer or just learn about Red Rover, where should they go? Definitely the website, redrover.org. That's a great place to go. You can become a monthly donor. That is like probably the best way to support, you know, us or any nonprofit because of how sustainable it is. And you tend to get less paper mail, which saves money and trees, which is great. Um, it also, if people don't aren't interested in donating yet, just signing up for our email is a great way to get involved. And, you know, you'll get email alerts about different ways you can help. And that is also huge. Um, also, social media, we're pretty much on every social media platform except TikTok. Um, <laughs> not yet anyway. Um, but if you go to um, the social media pages, Red Rover Org is our social media name. And um, sometimes just sharing the resources, you know, so during a natural disaster, we put together resource lists for people if they don't know where to go, um, if they have pets and need to evacuate. So that can be a really great way to help spread the word. I want to thank you, Nicole, for being our guest today and for sharing the amazing work of Red Rover with our listeners. And congratulations on being awarded the grant. That's wonderful. And for what it's going towards with the veterinarians, I think this is so key to what goes on in our lives. And also, I want to wish you guys a happy 35th anniversary. Thank you so much. And as always, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And we look forward to talking with you again. For sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, the Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.